right, guys. Welcome to episode 29 of Beef's Beef. Um, actually, out of town for this one, so it should be pretty, pretty cool to get some different perspective from a different area. Um, I do have another guest on today. I got my brother uh, Ryan Leffler here. We're going to talk about Cavs game and a little bit of that article that came out Thursday. How's it going? Hey, what's up? I'm excited to be here and to talk about gun control also. Oh, gosh. Here we go. Um, so, we're going to be talking about the, like I said, the Cavs-Spurs game. That's why we're in Cleveland. Uh, we're actually in a, a motel right outside of Cleveland in Middlesburg Heights, I believe it's called. Um, going to do a little bit of touristy stuff today before we go to the game at 3.30. Uh, check out the game at 3.30 on ABC. Should be a good one. Yeah. Um, we were... Last night we were doing a little bit of studying because uh, the motel that we have does not have ESPN, which was kind of weird. Insane, yeah. We literally looked through about, it felt like a thousand channels, and not one of them was ESPN. So we did a little, we were both doing a little bit of research last night, and the biggest thing that I was surprised about was the Spurs have won one game in February. Yeah. Lost four in a row. Only won one game in February. And in that time, they're giving up an average of 116 points a game and only averaging 109. So it's been a rough month for, for the Spurs. And it doesn't help that Kawhi Leonard's been out for most of the season, and it does not look like he's going to come back at all. And the biggest thing is their one win was against the Suns. Yeah. They yeah. lost to the Jazz twice. They lost to the Nuggets twice. Twice, yeah. They played the Nuggets two games in a row, and they also lost to the Warriors in there and uh, also the Rockets. So, I mean, you lose to two of the top teams in the NBA, but then you also lose to maybe the worst team in the NBA. Yeah. And then the other team is the eighth seed in your conference. So, it's not looking too good for the Spurs right now. Um, I do kind of wonder if there is a little bit of turmoil there, which is kind of odd because you never really hear that with a with the Popovich coach team, especially with someone like Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. It makes you think it may be the beginning of the end of Kawhi in San Antonio because you've never heard anything like this in San Antonio. And if there's this much drama going on, something has got to be going on. Yeah, and you kind of wonder, is this like is this like when they, you hear people say stuff about like LeBron and the Cavs teams, a little bit of turmoil in the middle of the season, or is there actually something there? And with this, like you're saying – you never hear anything like this. I think there where there's smoke, there's actually fire. I think there's actually something going on there. Yeah. Um, but looking at the looking at the pregame stats, uh, actually the spread has gone down. It was five last night when I was looking at it. Now it's been down to four and a half. Again, I always like to read the matchup predictor. The ESPN matchup predictor has Cleveland as a fifty three point one percent chance of winning, which is low in my opinion, especially when we're, they're playing in Cleveland. And the Spurs are really struggling. And since Cleveland made their trades, uh, Cleveland is 4-1 and one since the trade, averaging 117 a game and only giving up 103, which is a big change defensively from, you know, pre-trade Cavaliers. Yeah, I mean, their wins, I mean, I know the Grizzlies aren't very good. They lost to the Wizards uh, Thursday. Uh, they beat the Thunder by eight, and they beat the Brakes off the Celtics. Mm-hmm. And they also beat the brakes off of the Hawks. The day they beat the brakes off the Hawks, they had like nine players, if that. And a lot of them were call-up players from the D-League. Yeah, that was post-trade, but none of the traded players even played in that game. Yes. And that was a game LeBron, I think his mental state had changed at that point, and he kind of just took that game over. Yeah, his stats in that game were pretty ridiculous, if I remember right. 
Uh, he had another 30-point triple-double. Yep. Yeah, what was it? Uh, looks like... No, maybe it wasn't a 30-point triple-double. They, they were 22, 19 assists, and 12 yeah, rebounds. That That's that, what it was. That 19 assist game. Yeah, so... Um, I expect them to do something similar to that today. They don't really have anyone that can guard him. And to be honest with you, I always think it's funny whenever they say Kawhi stops him because if you look at him in that Spurs series, when the Spurs beat him 4-1 his last season in Miami, he didn't stop him then, but for some reason Kawhi got the MVP of the of the finals. Yep. That, that's something that always blows my mind is all these people that want to bash on LeBron or whatever or, or make fun of him, but the – if you noticed, every time he plays in the finals, the other team's finals MVP, if they win, is the person that quote-unquote stopped LeBron. And LeBron has better stats than every one of them. <laughs> yeah, no one has ever really stopped LeBron. Is it's and, and a couple of those finals that LeBron has lost, he's still the most valuable player in that series. And I, they need to start giving MVPs to the losing, losing team sometimes. I mean, I know they have a couple times. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous to uh, – I mean, look at the look at the game uh, or the finals his first season in Cleveland when he lost Kyrie and Kevin Love. I mean, he averaged a triple-double in the finals, and there was not one game that they stopped him, not yeah. one. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I've never really understood that. But uh, – Yeah, but, you know, as far as today's game go, goes – uh, I think the Spurs are going to have to rely heavily on Marcus Aldridge because we don't really have great size right now with Love being out. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, Larry Nance is going to play a big role in defending the defending him. Him and Tristan Thompson both are going to have to really lock down defensively because, really, if you look at the Spurs and you look at their stat line, without LaMarcus Aldridge – they're probably one of the worst teams at the, the bottom half of the West because he's, he's been carrying them the whole season. And he passes the ball well. He screens really well. So they're going to have to do some things defensively today to try to stop LaMarcus Aldridge. And if they can do that, it, it won't be close. I think that's where, like you mentioned, I think that's where Tristan Thompson comes into account. If, I, if I'm guessing, I would say they throw Nance on Gasol because I'd see Nance being a more athletic uh, big man than Tristan Thompson. I just feel like his matchup or his body type matches up better with Paul Gasol. Um, but, I mean, with the way the Cavs have been playing here recently, they're going to go small ball and they're going to rotate a lot. Mm-hmm. They're going to – I think this is one of those games where they don't go in with a game plan of trying to stop the Spurs. They say, you all come stop us. With how depleted you are, with reading last night that – uh, Manny Ginobili most likely won't play with having to get a chest, chest X-ray. Mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard being out. Uh, Tim Duncan's not there anymore. Tony Parker's not the same player. You got your point guards are Patty Mills and uh, I can't even remember the other point guard's name. Yeah. Okay. And Patty Mills is good, but he's really kind of a streak player. He'll go a few games and have six points a game, and then he'll he'll have twenty two the next game and. You know, have a couple games in the fifteen to twenty range, and then you won't hear from him for a while. So. Yeah, De- Murray, I think is how you say his name. I just yeah. it just came to my head. But he's good. He's a good young player. I like him a lot, and I like what Pop's done with him. Uh, so every time I watch him play, I'm just like, God, he's he's going to be really good. I hope he can stick with Pop. You know, for most of his career. Yeah, it's it's amazing 
Greg Popovich is he and Bill Belichick remind me a lot of each other. They just get players, they plug them into their system, and if it's if the person doesn't do well there, it's most of the time the person's fault. Yeah, it's most yeah. of the time not the Spurs' fault. Every once in a while, you'll have guys that just don't fit in the system, which a lot of people thought that about Lamarcus Aldridge, but um, after having to sit down with Popovich in the offseason, it looks like they've gotten better. Um, I don't know. I, I think the Cavs win this game. I think it should be a pretty good game in Quicken Loans. Um, yeah. Their records are very similar. The, the Spurs have played two more games, and they've lost two more games. So, I mean, their records are very similar. And when I was looking at that, seeing that the Spurs are, uh, what did I tell you, fourth in the West with a 35-25 and 25 record, yeah. and you've all you've heard all season is how bad Cleveland's been playing, how bad Cleveland – Cleveland right now would be – in fourth place in the Western Conference. Yeah. And it's going to just go up from here. I, I see him finishing probably second in the East uh, by the time it's all said and done. I don't know. I mean, if you see him doing that, you might as well say they'd be near first because the Celtics are only a half game back from, the, from, the, from Toronto. So, I mean, if you can see them doing that, there's no reason why they couldn't why they couldn't take the first seed in the Eastern Conference? If they, because I mean they're gonna face some some tough some tough times in there. Like it's not just gonna be, you know, all up the whole time the rest of the season. They're yeah. gonna face some stuff, especially when Love comes back. Yeah. They'll face some growing pains getting him back. But luckily, I mean, you got teams like Brooklyn, Philadelphia is good, Denver is decent. Uh, then you got Detroit, the uh, Denver again, the Clippers. The Lakers, the Suns. There's a tough game against the Blazers, and you got the Bulls. You got a lot of bad teams that you can yeah. beat on, and very, very, very easily pad your pad your record. So yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, I think it's we're playing this well right after the trade, and that's all without love. Yeah. So you know, I think it's going to take a little bit of time to acclimate love back in. But love's not like Isaiah Thomas. He's not going to come in and start causing drama when he gets back. He's going to. He wants to win, and he's a team player. He's going to come in. I think you know a couple games in, they'll be they'll be good to go. As far as today's game go, I think key to the Cavs winning, which I think they will, uh, is the second unit. Uh, they're averaging forty six and a half points a game uh, since the trade, and a couple of those games they were up in the sixties. Uh, so the second the second union. Unit. unit scores sixty plus in my opinion. Larry Nance has a good game. Hood and you know they 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 all continue to play well. And I say we win by twelve, fifteen. Somewhere that's, there. See, that's the good thing about the the trades that they made. You literally picked up three knockdown shooters from the three line, especially Rodney Hood. Yeah. Um, George Hill can hit the three. George Hill's a good defender. Yep. Uh, George Hill's not Kyrie, but. George Hill, to me, is kind of like a poor man's Kyrie. He can hit the outside shot, but he actually defends. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's not he doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes. And he's a smart player. He's a veteran player. And, you know, Larry Nance is an athletic, long, defensive, good defensive player. Plays pick and roll well. So He's the perfect player that you want in a LeBron system. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't miss free throws like DeAndre Jordan. Yep. That's the biggest thing is I, I, I told you I never wanted DeAndre Jordan. Yep. I, there's – to me, that's the worst thing that you can have on a team, especially a team with someone like LeBron James. You do not want the ball taken out of his hands every possession because someone is getting fouled because they can't hit free throws. Yeah. So, 
it's I was very I was very relieved that they didn't get DeAndre Jordan. I wanted to I wanted them to get a big man that would be able to shoot the free throw, be able to, to use or do the pick and roll and Larry Nance is perfect for that. He's very athletic, has a forty a forty four inch vertical for a six eight player. Yeah. Yep. The guy gets up and that's perfect. You get in that pick and roll with LeBron, now you're throwing the lob and he's dunking on somebody. So uh, I agree twelve to fifteen. I'm hoping it's like that. Uh, I know I'm pretty excited because this is our first game going to see him play in Cleveland. Yeah, uh, we've gone to see him play in Indy five, six times probably. Yeah, yeah, at least, and it's not. It's exciting, but it's going to be so much more exciting to be at home, to be in Cleveland with other Cleveland fans. And you know, it's not a playoff game, but you know, it's the Spurs on Sunday afternoons. It's it's going to be packed, and yeah, it's going to be exciting to actually have home crowd with us. Yeah, and it's funny because we. The first time we started to go see LeBron was, I think, 2008 or 2009, I think, was the first time we went to see him in Indy. And I think it was before that because we saw him when he played for Cleveland the first time yeah, with he, Shaq. He left in 2010, so I feel like it was around the 2009 season when they got Shaq. And I just remember the very first time we saw him, uh, there was nobody at that Pacers game. Oh, yeah. And now you go to the Pacers games and all they do is hate on him. But I know you remember when we went there almost 10 years ago, he was shooting free throws and they were chanting MVP. It's it's amazing how far off those fans are now. Yeah, in Indianapolis. And I believe those are a few years in that stretch. Indianapolis had the worst home attendance in the entire league. So, you know, anytime a star came through, that team had more fans than the Pacers did. Yeah, it was – we ended up moving, what – 20 rows off the court that game if because that, they weren't if, even checking tickets. Yeah, if that. If it, I feel like it was like 10. So. Yeah, you you went to go get a, a beer or something. You said, man, let's go try to get down there. We're like, screw it, let's do it. Yeah, I mean, the worst I can say is no, we'll just come back up here. We end up getting <laughs> 20 rows off the bench. You could definitely tell the season ticket holders were like, who are these dudes? Yeah, if there was any season ticket holders. Yeah, very true. Yeah. Um, the other thing I, I, I told you we were going to talk about was the, uh, the FBI probe that came out. Uh, what was it, Thursday? Yeah, day before uh, yesterday, I believe, yeah. Yeah, that, this is, it's going to shake up college basketball. Um, actually, yeah, it's going to shake up college basketball a lot. Uh, I'm not even going to mention the NCAA because I have I have a prediction later on in this that we'll, we'll go into in a, in a little bit. Um, what What's just your your basic thoughts before we really dive into it? What, what are your thoughts on it? Well, really my thoughts on it, it, really from a fan perspective, is really as fans, we got to come to terms with this happens at pretty much every major program. And I think all of us know that. And if you really believe that your school, if even the ones that aren't listed on this list from the FBI, if you think your school doesn't do this, you're kidding yourself. You're extremely naive. This type of stuff happens at the high school level, at some of the elite high schools, and a lot of people know that. So of course it's going to happen in college. There's millions and millions of dollars made on these kids, and you know, they want a piece of the cut, and I don't blame them. They should get it. We were talking the other day about Kyrie Irving. Uh, Kyrie Irving 
scholarship was worth around what twenty two, twenty five thousand, somewhere in that range. Yeah. And someone calculated how much money the university made from him playing eleven games. Somewhere and it was like, like two and a half million, yeah. something like that. So you know, when there's millions of dollars made on some of these players, why shouldn't they make some of the some money for themselves? And you know. The only argument that's made is, oh, they get a scholarship. Well, who cares? Who who? It's a scholarship. Who cares? A lot of these elite players go for one year. Some of them only go to class for one of those two semesters because that's all they're required to do. So that scholarship is really not worth anything to those players. They're going there because they're required to, because they cannot go straight to the NBA. So, you know, when we talk about that, I think – one of the solutions to this problem is one, Adam Silver has got to change this rule, which I think he will, and let these players come straight out of high school. That's a start. Yeah, I, the the going back to what you said about the scholarship, musicians get scholarships. Yep. Artists get scholarships. I mean, there's so many different scholarships that that are given out at schools, and guess what? If I'm a musician, I can sell you my CD. If I'm an artist, I can sell you my artwork. Exactly. But if I'm an athlete, I can't sell you an autograph. Yep. Or what's t- the difference? Or do anything that gives me any kind of financial benefit. I can't do. If I can't go, I can't go play one on one against somebody for money. Yeah. I can go to a battle of the bands and win money like that. If I'm a musician. Oh yeah. I mean, you can go straight to the top. You can go on American Idol, win that, get a contract. You know, you could be making millions and still have that scholarship in music. Yeah, it's... So, you know, obviously that doesn't happen a lot, but the NCAA is not making millions of dollars on that artist. No. So that's the that's the only difference. Yeah, and then you get the people, well, they get a free education. So do all the other ones, and they still get to make money off themselves. Yep. Uh, that's the dumbest argument I've ever heard. It's never been like that. They should never change that. Man, it was never not like it was never like that with a lot of things, but things change. It, it you that you can't stay the same forever. Mm-hmm. The it the only thing that amazed me was that this was one agent or one agency, and this many people came out in it. Yeah, that's that, I have that in my notes. Yeah, this is one agent, and th- there's thousands of agents. And you have what twenty five players listed on there? I mean, just just to give a quick breakdown of the teams that are on there: Kansas, Kentucky, Michigan State, Arizona, North Carolina, Duke, Texas, Vanderbilt, Notre Dame, Alabama, Creighton, Louisville, Virginia, Xavier, Ohio State, Wichita State, Maryland, USC, Washington, Clemson, Oklahoma State. That's literally every big name school you can think of. Yep, and you know, Wichita State made a Final Four recently, and we're talking about Wichita State yesterday. Uh, their coach, what's his name? Greg Marshall. Uh, yeah, Marshall came out and was kind of talking trash about Louisville. Even mentions Fred Van Vliet and how yeah. how hard he worked and all that stuff, and then it comes out that Fred Van Vliet took money. Yeah, a couple days later. Yeah, and it's like, really? Really? So, yeah, he that's that's kind of a joke situation. But So what are you going for? We, we know this is a mess. It's not going to get any better. So I kind of – I think that we instead of punishing – Everyone, this is ideally, I don't think this is going to happen, but ideally, instead of punishing everyone, the NCAA should punish no one and change the rules and go forward from here. I don't, I, here's, here's my thoughts. I told you, I told you all just a minute ago that 
I was going to say my prediction. This is this is my prediction. This is what I think happens. Because again, this is one agent. This is only from the FBI probe. This isn't even with the NCA investigation yet. Yep. So anything that will come from this is going to be a while. Yep. I mean, you see that already with Duke and Kentucky and and Arizona already saying, "Well, we checked with the NCA." That's why the NCA is not saying anything, you idiots. Yep. Because this isn't an NCA investigation. This is an FBI investigation. Of course, they're going to be like, "Well, we don't have anything." So yeah, he's going to be. He's going to be eligible. So two years down the road when this FBI thing's over and done with, the NCAA's like, well, we're going to look into that now. Now you're going to lose that whole season. That's – I'm not a compliance expert, but to me that was one of the dumbest things that I heard was Duke within an hour coming out and saying, well, everything we looked into it, he's eligible. Here's, here's my thoughts on this. I think within the next couple of years you will have at least four to five more agents come out. This will be four to five times bigger. Yep. You're going to have players on here that are been, that have been in the NBA for a while, and they'll have stuff on there from from a while. You'll have you'll have players like Kevin Durant. You'll have players, you know, big time players. You'll have players like Kyrie. You'll have you'll have players like that. It'll be so polarizing that the NCAA is going to be like, we can't punish these schools. These schools are going to be like, there's way too many of us. They can't punish us. Yeah. There's not going to be an NCAA anymore. Yeah. I don't know if they get rid of the NCAA, but if, if they do try to punish all these teams, what's the NCAA tournament look like? Well, see, the thing is, is is everyone – and I, I, I catch myself doing it the same thing. Everyone talks about the NCAA being this big organization. The NCAA is literally the schools. It's literally the schools grouped together in a voluntary thing. So I, yeah. I just don't I, – I don't think – so some, the way I compared it to somebody the other day or explained it to somebody the other day, and it's just kind of funny because you brought them up. It, the NCAA is like the NRA. It's people, but it's something that you have to be accepted into, but you also have to try to get into it. So at any time, if you're doing something, the reason – because they asked, why can they take Louisville's banner? Like, yeah, why did, can they take Louisville's banner down, but they can't stop me or you from posting something? Yeah. Because we're not a part of them. Yeah. We're not a part of the NCAA, so we can do whatever we want to. I mean, if we're defacing something or, or, or bringing their character down in the wrong way, we'll get in trouble. But we can do whatever we want, and that's what the NCAA is. It's its own entity that is made up of all the universities, and that's why when they say, Louisville, you got to take your NCAA banner down, that's why they got to do it. Yeah, and yeah, you can really tell they're separate from, from media and from ESPN because you know every day for the last four or five days – I've seen Jay Billis on ESPN absolutely trashing the NCAA, yeah. and I love it. And he holds nothing back. And you know, yeah. But as far as the schools goes, I agree. There's going to be more agents come out. There's more stuff's going to come out. And you know, this, you know, we, this investigation. I don't think anyone really expected this many teams to be on it. Honestly, I, not, I didn't. Not at the very beginning, no. No, I didn't expect it to be this big. And this is one agent. So I think by the end of it, there's going to be every major school pretty much is going to be on that list. And if they're not, they were lucky and they didn't get caught. So if you have every major school from every major conference on this list of paying players, there's no way you can do postseason bans and stuff like this as punishment because not the, you won't have postseason. You won't have that. There's too much money and the revenue from the NCAA tournament. For them to do that, I mean, who's going to watch Iona and Siena and Indiana State and Ball State? Yeah, 
in, in the tournament, and that's all the, the teams just like that for you know all three weekends. It's it's not going to happen. <clears throat> yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting to see because, like we said, this is the first one. Yeah. Or there's going to be. I mean, just some of the big. There was big name players in this. Uh, you have the Sean Miller thing that came out yesterday or Friday. Um, him being caught on on phone tap agreeing to a $100,000 payment to DeAndre Ayton. Why is DeAndre Ayton still playing? I like DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton's my favorite draft prospect this year. Yeah. Why is he still playing Arizona? Yeah, and if, you know, Sean Miller came out yesterday and said, I don't have the quote in front of me, but he said something like, I expect to be fully exonerated, and this is basically saying he's innocent, He nothing's going to happen to him. Dude, they caught you on phone tap. And... So if, if that's what you think, why didn't you coach in yesterday's game? Yeah. If you're innocent, why aren't well, you on the sideline Well, to side be fair coaching? with that, they held him out. Arizona held him out, but still, you're an idiot. They yeah. call you on phone tap, and you literally agree to give the $100,000 payment. Yeah. And you think you're going to get exonerated. I think you're – he won't ever be on a sideline ever again, in my opinion. Especially with this. Like, there might have been a chance, may a very slim chance, but now you're denying it. Yeah. Yeah, there's, why, no, why, there's nobody going to hire you. Yeah, why can't any of these coaches, Patino, him, any of them just own it and say, yeah, we made a big mistake. Yeah. it's And none of them have done it, and I don't think any of them will do it. It's a, it's a pride thing that I don't understand. I mean, no one likes to get caught doing the wrong thing, but when it's something like this, man. Yeah, Izzo's the same way. Yeah, it, Izzo's a joke. I'm, I don't care. I don't care to say Izzo's a joke. The fact that he just, oh, you know, we feel for the survivors. You felt for the survivors, you'd have fired that dude after he got in trouble for punching somebody in the face. Yeah, yeah. And people could say, well, he got his charge. How the heck does his charge switch from punching someone in the face to a felony littering? What is a felony littering? <laughs> That's a joke. I don't, yeah, I don't get that at all. But and Michigan State's another one that, that said that their player was eligible. Miles Bridges. Oh, yeah, and he played. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. So with all this mess, where do you think – the league and the NCAA need to go. What is what are some of the solutions that can fix this? Um, first thing, like you said, pay the players. Uh, my main thing that I've always stood on was I think they need to go to a version of the baseball rule. Uh, I know you said you didn't really agree with this, but the way I look at it is we give these kids a chance to make a decision with their families and even – I didn't say this the other day, but this just came into my mind. Maybe do like they do now with how you can go to the draft combine and and get some and then pay it back. But you can let you let them. You have an early season draft combine, and or actually you won't have to because the kids will already be out of school, uh, out of high school because you graduated. You graduate in what late May, early June. So. I mean, you could do the draft combine when your when your high school season's over, when the college season's over. Let them go to the same combine that these college guys go to. If you don't make it or you don't get the good feedback, you go to college. Yep. And you you just have to pay it back, and that's or you pay for the whole thing yourself. Yep. That's one solution. But the solution that that I say is, if you go to college, you have to go for two years. I know you said you didn't agree with that, but I think the ones that go to college. 99% of them are not going to make it are not going to make a difference after one year. If they decide at that point that they're going to go to college, 
they're, they already know that what they can do to, in, against NBA bodies. So to me, it's at least a two-year thing. I mean, the example I brought up to you was Donovan Mitchell. Look at Donovan Mitchell. He came out of high school very raw athletically. His jump shot wasn't there really. Shot 24 25% from the three-point line. Goes one year. Improves his jump shot to high 30s and from the three-point line. Uh, and now is on track to maybe get rookie of the year. Yep. So that's, that's my two uh, – Starts that you can do. Uh, we both agree that they should pay the players. Uh, I don't know exactly what my thoughts are on how they go about doing that. Uh, I mean, it's all based off the high revenue sports. I think the higher revenue sports with the higher revenue players are going to have to get more money, or you just designate a certain amount of money and then say you can go and do stuff for yourself, but there's a threshold on that. Something like that. I don't know. I, I, I don't really know. But the the big quote that I heard the other day, it wasn't even really a quote. It was just more of a, a, a joke on the NCAA. It came from Jay Billis. He was on Bob Valvano's show. And he says, I think it's funny how everyone says, or the NCAA says, well, we wouldn't know how to pay these players. You have people come in. You have, he said, let's just look at the University of Louisville. Or they said they, don't, they, don't, they wouldn't know how to pay these players. So let's look at the University of Louisville. Including the hospital, they have, what, probably 30,000 employees? Bob Levine was like, yeah. He was like, how often they have landscapers come in there? You think they tell us landscapers, well, we don't know how we're going to pay you. Yeah. You're going <laughs> to figure it out. Yeah. To, to, to just make a blanket statement, we don't know how to pay these players, is, is just ridiculous. There's a lot of smart people involved. They can figure something out. So, pardon the interruption, but... Today's episode of Beef's Beef is brought to you by Coke, not not Pepsi. And this week in Southern Indiana, if you use promo code BEEF with any cashier at any retail location, you can receive regular price for any Coke product. So go out there and support Beef's Beef and Coca-Cola. <laughs> and Coke, have a classic day. So, But I had a question follow-up to your thing there before. You said we both agree they should pay players. Well... Do you think they should be paid, or do you think they should be allowed to be paid by, you know, fill in the blank, whatever it is? Should they should be allowed to use their name, their face, to make some kind of revenue for themselves, whether it be autographs or picture signings or endorsement type things? I don't necessarily think the university should pay them, but I think they should be allowed to make money on themselves if they choose to do so. And that should just be decided by the marketplace, not by the NCAA. If there's a market for their autograph or for their picture or for their appearance at whatever. Plan to fitness, like yeah, Mark Jackson. Like, yeah, and then they should be able to do that. And every, and every kid, as soon as the season's over and they can't be punished, they go straight out and do autograph signings. And they do appearances at this and that. And they get paid for those because their season's over. They're going to the pros, so they can do that stuff now. But another thing to add on to that that I think think something I thought of is, you know, we saw this document with this FBI thing of how all this money that was loaned to each player, 2000 here, 25000 here, 12000 there. 73000 Yeah, yeah <laughs> some of it's a lot and some of it's really small, which is bizarre because you would think with the caliber player it would be the higher payment. And the weaker player, it would be the $1,000, 2000 But, you know, there were some... 
some really big names that got like a thousand dollars. It didn't make a whole lot of sense, but I think you should allow players to take out loans on themselves. So if someone is willing to give them a fifty thousand dollar loan because they know that next year they're going to get drafted, they're going to make a lot of money. You know, they'll have to pay him back the fifty thousand dollars with interest. So whatever, whoever loans that money or whatever organization owns that money, that's between him and the player, them and the player, and they're 18, 19, however old, why can't they do that? They can take out loans for tuition as if they're just a regular student and go at $100,000 in debt or less or more, so why can't you let them take a loan out on themselves? Yeah. It's, the, it's, it's not them being paid by anybody, it's them taking out a loan and it's on them and you know if something happens they get hurt they're responsible to pay that money back it's just like a tuition contract yeah if you drop out two years into college you still have to pay that back it doesn't go away because you didn't finish yeah so what's the difference why can't you let them do that yeah that's that's a very good point uh one of the bigger another bigger things is we were talking about what we were surprised by what we weren't surprised by uh, I don't know if you saw like the couple follow-up articles that Yahoo dropped about, you know, the Sean Miller thing, and then there was other parts that mentioned Brian Bowen again. Brian Bowen was pretty much shopped around to everyone. Yeah, shopped mm-hmm. around to Indiana, shopped around to, uh, I believe it was Arizona, and it was kind of like Patino and the staff. How do you not know this? How do you not know this dude is being shopped around like this to everybody? Someone has to know this. Yeah, I think they did. And, and we argued about it yesterday, but as far as the whole Katina Powell thing goes, I, you said it was, you know it kind of showed that he that Patino didn't know and with this other FBI thing. Maybe not the Katina Powell thing, but this stuff, when you know, I hear guys on the radio say, oh, Patino didn't know and blah, blah, blah. There's no way he didn't know about this stuff. He's is Rick Patino. He's so arrogant and prideful. He knew about this stuff. There's no way he didn't. And I think all these coaches knew about it. I mean, it was Sean Miller on the phone saying, "Don't deal with assistant coach. Don't deal with anybody else. Deal with me." I think it's the case with a lot of these coaches, and it, I think it's going to come out too. Yeah, I think we'll. I think it's going to be very telling. Um, it's it's going to be very interesting to see how fast and how swift everything happens. Um, I don't know. I, I I I like it. I like, or actually, I don't like it because it's when we're kids. You always think about how great the NCAA is, and like that's always the the biggest thing, and and all that stuff is NCAA tournaments. The time you look at as the best part of the year, and I don't know. I don't know how good it's going to be this year. It's you kind of wonder if it's going to take a couple down years because of all this stuff. So. Um, when we were talking about doing this, uh, you told me you were going to be another person that brought a beef. Today is going to be the first episode that we're going to have two of them. Yep. Because I told you last night after I saw something that we were talking about that I was going to bring a beef up as well. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring my beef up first because I don't think we'll talk about mine very long. Where I think we'll sit on yours for a little bit and talk about <clears throat> yours for a little bit longer. So we went to this restaurant right by... The hotel we're staying at called the Brew House. Not very good. I wouldn't suggest it if I were you if you come up to this area. Yeah. The pizza was kind of garbage. <laughs> uh, 
and they had all the TVs on like USA watching Castle or some weird TV show like that. Felt like I was watching his he's in sorry stand up talking about his cousin. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> so we're sitting there watching the game or watching the Arizona Oregon game, and uh, he's Ryan's on Facebook waiting for our food. We're waiting for our food to get there, and he's like, "Well, it looks like Zaza Pachulia's at it again." I was like, "What do you mean?" Said. Uh, apparently Zaza Pachulia did something dirty and I was like wow that's not surprising at all my beef is with Zaza Pachulia and the fact that this dude can do whatever he wants and doesn't get in trouble yeah it's it's ridiculous and he had two or three dirty plays that I saw highlights from that game last night and the the biggest one that we watched is him accidentally air quotes falling on Westbrook's leg and he didn't even need to fall. Then he kind of started to fall, and then he just like slams his body right on the knee of Westbrook, and and Westbrook took it in stride, which is surprising. I would expect I would have thought Westbrook Westbrook would have jumped up and just start wailing on him because it was so obvious that it was not an accident. And the other play, Zaza's doing a screen and kind of lifts his arm a little bit and hits Westbrook in the face. It, you know, Westbrook sold it a little bit. But then, you know, Zaza kind of stands over him, acting like he's all tough. And he is a joke. He's done this so many times. He put his foot under what Kawhi last year yeah. in the playoffs. And Kawhi hasn't played, but nine games. <clears throat> yeah. And, you know, you can end someone's career. What if he tore Westbrook's ACL right there and ended his season? He wasn't back until the end of next season. And that's the, that's the thing, man. It's like I have friends, I'm Tony, that say, how come you don't like the Warriors? It's stuff like this. They get away with stuff like this. I don't like Draymond Green. Draymond Green kicked people in the groin two or three times in the in that playoffs and didn't get in trouble until the LeBron one. Why does it take them doing something to a superstar for them to get in trouble? I don't, I don't, I don't understand. And then people worship the ground that Steph Curry walks on. Steph Curry's the best shooter of all time. I've already said that. Steph Curry is a great player. The dude is a the dude whines more than anybody. People can say that LeBron whines. I'm not one that says that he doesn't. But the fact that people only mention him when they say that people whine to the referees, obviously don't ever watch a Golden State game. Yeah, obviously don't. They watch because the highlights and they hit and they all one hit. through four. Uh, there's no there's nobody. Then that's why they lead the league in, in technicals, and it's not even close. Yep, it's not even close. So stop this garbage that LeBron is this. Oh. I'm the I'm the greatest. I'm gonna whine about every every player in the NBA whines about calls. There's players that do it more. There's players that do it less. But go watch a Warriors game if you ever want to bring up LeBron's name again in being the biggest crybaby in the NBA because it's a joke. And the fact that one the NBA lets it or I'm sorry one Golden State lets him get away with it as a team. I don't care if it's your teammate or not. You. That's a, a fellow NBA player. You don't let him do that to somebody. I know. And two, you're, you have the NBA letting him get away with it. Yep. And, you know, if I was Durant, you know, <clears throat> that's going to lead right into my my beef. But, you know, you have Durant and LeBron are friends. Yeah. They just did this, you know, this interview uh, in the Uber car with, uh, I forget her name. Kelly Champion. But, yeah, Champion. And, you know, you would think Durant would be in Zaza's face. Like, what are you doing? You know, Westbrook, yeah, we've had our beef, but that's, you know, me and him are friends. Yeah. And and then even above that, that he's a professional. What are you what are you doing? You know, get off of the court. Like the thing is, is like I realize that's a competition, 
But Zaza, if you don't realize that this dude right here is the reason you're making money, he's he's helping market the NBA, which is making people watch you play. Yeah. And you're trying to hurt this dude. He's a joke. I, I can't stand the Warriors, and I can't stand Zaza Pachulia or Draymond Green. Either one of them. Yeah, I, I can't either. But my beef today is it's a it's a little bit uh, past, but you know, of course, I haven't been on before, and I'm surprised you hadn't brought this up yet. I was going to, but I knew we were going to do this, so I figured you'd probably want to bring it up. And uh, the day that I actually had that on my mind as the beef, I changed it to the Bill Polar one because it pissed me off so much. Yeah, but my beef is Laura Ingram. The Fox News anchor who um, is, so she's on Fox News, so that tells you a lot first. But she came out and said, basically said LeBron and KD, who did this interview with Champion, uh, they rode through Akron, talked about their life, and then, you know, LeBron had some things and KD had some things to say about Trump, which obviously were negative because... um, Anybody with a brain doesn't really say any good things about Trump. So, anyway, Laura Ingram told them to shut up and dribble. Which, you know, she has told other people. She told Pop to shut up and coach. She's told other players to shut up and do whatever it is that they do professionally. But what she forgot about is that her network has non-political celebrities on their news programs on a regular basis... To give their political opinion, uh, of course, their far right political opinion, and they're totally fine with that. Yeah, she didn't tell Kid Rock to shut up and do whatever he does because I don't really consider that music. <laughs> shut up and radio rock, or yeah. Ted Nugent. He didn't tell him to shut up, or Bob Knight, which were both on Fox News endorsing Trump, and there's many others. And uh, that oh, the guy plays for the. Uh, for the Eagles, his tweet came out. Chris right, Long, yeah, Chris Long, right after Ingram stuff with uh, LeBron and KD, and he posted what eight or ten pictures of people from Fox News that aren't political pundits, you know, giving their opinion on Trump. Of course, because they like Trump, so of course they're going to be on Fox News or faux news, I guess I should say. But it, it's a joke. When you look at LeBron, you're going to tell him to shut up and dribble. He doesn't know anything about social issues. He's not this. He's not that. LeBron James has started. A high school for underprivileged kids. He started a high school. It's not he gives this high school money or he helps his old high school or he does this and everything. He started a school to help kids. Started one. And it just came out, uh, what, yesterday, I think I saw on Facebook. I think I shared it on Facebook yeah, about Kevin, Kevin, Durant. Kevin Durant. Something like he's pledging $3 million or. $10 million to help disadvantaged kids attend college. So, LeBron starts a high school. He's given millions to the Boys and Girls Club. KD pledges $10 million to help kids go to college. These guys are engaged socially. They're engaged with their communities. They're engaged with this stuff. And that is what being politically involved is really about. Not sitting on TV and telling people to shut up and dribble. What good does that do? These guys are out here actually doing things to help people. Well, I think it's funny because you have stuff like that where something will happen in the neighborhood of these players, and one of them won't be involved. And then people like Fox News get on there and say, well, where's the players at that came from that neighborhood? Yeah. Oh, well, they're across the country about to play another game. That's where they're at. You know, if it was the offseason, 
lot of them are there. Well, no, I'm saying you want to get on them then, but then yeah. when they do something to make a difference, you want to throw it in their face. Yeah, yeah, shut up and dribble. Like, So should they shut up and dribble when something happens in their neighborhood and not talk about that? Yeah. No. Oh, it's about time one of these players stood up and talked about the violence that happens in their neighborhood. Nah, he should shut up and dribble. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a joke. And, I, like, I don't like to get into that type of stuff with uh, – you know, the political stuff and everything, but this is a joke, man. Like, I don't get into the Fox News, CNN stuff. Like, I don't watch any of that stuff. I just don't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't watch any, I really don't watch any news either because Fox News, really, Fox, Fox News, MSNBC, CNN, they're all a joke to me. To, to quote what, uh, what Zach Alfinakis said when he was playing his brother on his stand-up to me, it's just a bunch of junk. It's just what it is. It's it's just a bunch of junk, man. I don't I don't like it. Uh, it does nothing but start arguments. So, uh, appreciate appreciate you coming on. I mean, you didn't really have a choice. It was either come on or listen to me record this in the hotel room. So by myself, and yeah. I'm sorry we're out of time. We can't get to the gun control debate today. So, yeah. which I don't even want to. We're in Cleveland. We're getting ready to go downtown, see the city. See the st- the the arena. We're gonna go in early. We're gonna look around. We're gonna watch shoot around. So I don't care about that stuff right now. I'm yeah. here in Cleveland. We're here to have a good time. We're here to watch the Cavs beat the Spurs. So yeah, we can we can stay off all that. Yeah, we're gonna go to Akron too. We're gonna go check out LeBron's house. Check yeah, out St. Vincent, St. Mary, St. Mary, maybe just some some different stuff that's around this area. So guys, again, I appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, keep liking, keep sharing. I'll keep getting guests on. I have another one. Another big one coming up. I don't oh. know some of you guys know. Yeah, I think we should. Uh, I think you should. Uh, this should be hot take. I think you should announce at least one of your uh, next guests because you know maybe somebody that's on the podcast today had something to do with getting it. So, uh, to reference another episode that I had a while back, I had an episode with. Uh, couple guys I work with, Brian Hel- Brian Helton and Jason Schaffline. And we named our favorite players of the opposite teams that we like. And Brian named one of his favorite players as one of the guests that I'm going to have on because of Ryan. He works with him at Coca-Cola. So you want to go ahead and tell him, tell him who you got there? Yeah, it's a guy who works for Coke that I've, I've you know kind of dealt with and known for a while but didn't even – you know, didn't think a whole lot about it. Is Herb Crook played for Louisville, won the championship in '86, I believe, 86, under yeah. Crum, and uh, yeah, he's he actually works Coca Cola, does stuff, and I deal with him, uh, you know, every once in a while. Real nice dude. So um, I guess he's still working on the details there, but I guess in the next few weeks or so, should I guess he's gonna. Yeah. So that you know, that one will be pretty cool. I know a lot of the older listeners will like that one. Uh, I got to do my research with him. I know some things, but I got to do a lot of my research on him because he was, I mean, he stopped playing at UL before I was born. <laughs> so it's, I know that may feel or make some of you guys on here feel old, but uh, I'm sorry. So, guys, like I said, keep liking, keep sharing, keep listening. I'm going to keep pumping these out. I'm going to have some good guests coming up. Uh, I have those two, and then I have another one that, I'm still working on that. I need to to try to get in contact with uh, the person that's going to be getting me that one again. So uh, I'm gonna hopefully the Cavs get a win today. Hopefully you guys aren't swimming at your house right now because 
Apparently they shut down 71 after we drove through there yesterday, which yeah. would make sense because it was a monsoon the whole time. Yeah. It actually took us, what, six hours to get here yesterday? Yeah, when it should have taken about five. Or four and a half. Yeah. Yeah, somewhere around there. So be careful in the water. Uh, what is it? Turn around, don't drown. Is that, is that the line that they always say? It only takes like six inches of water to move your car. So yeah. don't try to drive into those puddles. Uh, y'all have a good one. Go Cavs. Go Cards. Let's get this W. Peace.